Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So, again, Pastor, Ms. Rhonda, thank you for giving us the opportunity to share and, and to, to just show a little bit about what's going on with us. And, and like Katie said, keep us in prayer. This is going to be my first time crossing the big pond. And, um, and we're excited. We're excited. Uh, I think it's a, a divine appointment. Uh, that we're going to have there. You know, a big part of what the Lord is dealing with us lately is to um, start a missions training school in, in Havana. You know, um, you, will say, you will say, why are you going to start a training mission school to a country this close that people cannot leave exactly? That's why. Because I believe in impossibles. So, so I believe if, 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 if you train them and you put in them the vision for the nations, then God's going to have to figure it out a way to get them out of there. And um, as far as I'm concerned, I think it sounds crazy, it sounds impossible, so why not? <laughs> I already had the impossible, so might as well let's try it and see what else God can do. Amen? But this morning, I, I just want to share something with you that I believe is happening I saw this many weeks ago. I shared it with Pastor. I think I shared it with the church on a Wednesday. But I strongly believe this is happening. You know, every time they come from Cuba, normally I'm, a, I'm an aisle type of guy in an airplane. I sit in an aisle, you know, and I want to be stuck in the window. Plus, if I need to minister the guy in the window, that guy is not going anywhere as long as I'm standing up. So I'm an aisle guy. But, but, from Havana to Cuba, Miami, Havana, Havana, Miami, I normally get the, the window side because I, I like to look at the ocean and I try to put myself in the position of a person that is crazy enough to jump in the water to see if they can make it to this nation. I mean, just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to comprehend what it goes in people's mind to do that. And, um, and I often heard, especially in the old days, people used to wait for the current because if they catch the right current in the ocean, they can get to Miami. If they catch, catch the wrong current, they end up in Haiti. You know, so, so they, they had to make sure that they catch the right current. But, but they, they always say something important. He say, you always have to have a sail. Because if you have a sail and you catch not only the right current, but the right wind, you get there faster. And I strongly believe what is happening in this season for the church is we're not only catching the right current, but the wind is blowing. The wind is blowing. The wind is blowing. And those that know how to stand before God and and let the wind of the Spirit take you, I think you're going to see yourself advancing in things that before took too long. And in a very short time, things are going to start happening in our life, in our churches, in our communities, because the, the, the wind of the Spirit is blowing. And I strongly believe it's happening today in America. Amen? I know that a lot of people is focusing on what's happening in the politics and the economy. But listen, the kingdom of God, if you focus on the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is not stopping until the economy turns around. The kingdom of God is not waiting for the right kind of president to start moving. The kingdom of God is not waiting for things to change. The kingdom of God is advancing and making things change. Amen? The kingdom of God is not asking permission. The kingdom of God defeats the enemy on the cross and is plowing over the enemy. If the enemy doesn't move, it's going to end up like ground beef somewhere. 
Can you understand what's going on in the, in the kingdom of God? So my job, for some divine reason, you had to talk to God about this. My job is to look in the places where, um, do you have those spots in the house where you clean all, every other day you clean, you dust? But there are those spaces where you clean once a month, every other month, you know, because you don't go there. You don't see things there. Uh, or you don't want people to go there. And by the time that you get there, you say, I didn't understand. I don't know why everything is white here. Well, it's dust. Yeah. <laughs> Part of my job in the body of Christ, and again, you had to talk to God about this, okay? I'm just doing the job, is to look into those places and and bring light to make sure that we are actually taking advantage of everything that the Lord did. Now, the Bible says in the book of First Timothy, and I'm going to hurry up here because I don't, want, I don't have much time and I don't want to hold you back. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, the Bible says, Who desires all men, say with me, all, all. to be safe and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Thank you, Father, Lord. Go with me quickly to the book of Luke, chapter 15. And we're going to read this together. Chapter 15, verse 11. And if you can put it up there on the screen, it will be great. But um, if you have a Bible, just follow up with me. Chapter 15, verse 11 of the book of Luke. We're going to read a little bit, and then, then I'm going to get into what I believe the Lord is trying to say. Then he said, a certain man have two sons, and the younger of them say to his father, Father, give me my portion of good that is false to me. So he divide them, he divide to them his livelihood. And not many, many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed as far as a far country, and there wasted his possession with a prodigal living. But when he had spent it all, then arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of the country, and he sent him, on, sent him into his field to feed the swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pot that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to, and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will rise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way of his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to his father, I have sinned against heaven and you and you and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Bring out the best robe and pull it on him and pull it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here to kill it, and let us Eat and be merry. For this is my son that was dead and is alive. Again, he was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. And you know the rest of the story. There was another brother that got mad after that. But this is what I believe the Lord is saying in this time, and this is what I believe is so important for us to stay focused. From the beginning, when God created man, 
The whole purpose of God was to have a family. When God breathed upon the dust, his, por- his point, his main desire was to create a family that will be with him in fellowship. But in Adam, when sin touched him, God lost his family. He not only lost his creation, he lost his family. And in Jesus, he was able to get back the opportunity to bring his family to relationship with him. He was not just making sure the creation knew that he was God, but he was creating the opportunity for men to be back in touch, not just with his creator, but with his father. Amen? That's why the, Jesus said, I came to do the will of the Father. I'm not doing my own thing here. I'm doing what God sent me to do or what the Father sent me to do. And the Bible is saying also in the book of Romans chapter 8 that the creation eagerly, with eager expectation, is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. Amen. So there is coming a point, there is a, there is a motion on earth expecting the rising of a new generation. A generation that even the looks sleep and a generation that even the look is dormant. In this time, the Lord is saying, I'm breathing upon this generation because I'm expecting the sons to stand up and start demonstrating who they are in Christ. Amen. So God is breathing upon the world, trying to bring us back to life, to show that we are sons. Amen. We're not friends. We're not just, you know, uh, a far off relatives, you know, those kind of relatives you never want to see. No, no, no. We're close. We're family. We're sons. But then the Bible said that he desires that all men come to the knowledge of Christ. And you know, one of the things that I know we're really good at, we're really good quoting scriptures where God said everything concerning how he's going to supply our desires. But how many times you've been in prayer and have asked God, Lord, what is your desire? Come on, let's be honest. We've all been there. What is the last time you went to prayer asking God, Lord, what is your desire? What do you desire? You see, we go to the nations, we reach through the laws, we're waiting for the laws to come, we're seeking for the laws. It's not because it's some kind of duty that we feel so godly doing. No, no, no. That's God's desire. That is in the deepest part of his heart. He wants men back. He couldn't take it when the devil touched him. He couldn't take it when the devil smeared him. He couldn't take it when filthiness took over the body of men. He couldn't take it when the glory departed. He couldn't take it when men lost his mind. He couldn't take it when men lost the ability to duplicate what he was doing in earth. He couldn't take it. So he said, I need to send somebody that can bring them back because they are my sons. And what the church is doing in these days is bringing sons back. They're bringing sons back. We're trying to fulfill the desire of God. Are you with me until there? But this is what's happening, and this is interesting in the church too. 
I believe in this time. You know, you need to stop worrying about what's happening in the world. The world is going to get crazy. It's going to get wild. Just buckle up. Every time that you think you've seen it all, get ready. It's more coming. I mean, I, I, I encourage you. Disconnect your cable and give that to missions. Give that in an offering. Give that somewhere else. You don't need it. I have the news for you for the proximal, for the for the next twenty years. It's gonna get bad. Don't try to don't try to fix it, and don't put your hope out there, because the Bible said. That there are people out there that are seeing the famine. They are seeing the problem. They are seeing the chaos. They're seeing there's not answer. They're seeing it's not possible. They're seeing there's no way out. So they're going to start running to the church. They're going to start running to the place of hope. They're going to start running to the place of light. They're going to start running to the place of miracle. They're going to start running to the place of communion. So the Bible is telling us in those days they're going to be sons. They're going to be those that are son of God. They don't know that they're son of God or they lost their conscience concerning to God. But they're going to get back. Get ready for a get back. Get ready for a running back to church because they suddenly are going to get a wake up call. They're going to say, I know where to find answers. I know where to find answers. It's those crazy guys that worship every day. It's those crazy guys that believe in the impossible. It's those crazy guys that out the blue they start talking in another tones and saying things that never can, no, no eye can have seen and prophesying things that seems impossible. Amen. The sinners are gonna run. Listen, God is not only using the church to go after them; He's letting the enemy also scare them in. <clears throat> What, you think that he's going to just let them do something to the devil? He's going to let the devil be bad. What do you think he's letting people see the evil there is today? Because the the, God knows. If they see the real devil, they're not going to want to go there. <laughs> I don't know if, uh, if you noticed this, but it was very interesting to me. The three days after the Grammys... A prayer revival broke out. I don't know if you noticed that. But three days, I mean, I don't know anything about the place. I have heard people is posting stuff. You know, some people is complaining. So no. Listen, I don't care. I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. I'm not going to criticize. What I just know is interesting to me that as soon as the devil show who he is, God say, let me show you who I am. Let me show you who I am. Let me show you who I am. And I think God is breathing upon the nation. Don't let anybody tell you that God forgot about America. Don't let anybody tell you that God is done with America. Don't let anybody tell you that God is judging America. God is not judging anybody. Judgment time is not here yet. God is a God of mercy. He's looking to bring his son back. He's calling his sons in. And he's going to use any method available to bring them in. And this is what's going to happen, guys. As soon as we see the laws coming in, as soon as they get a 
wake-up call. As soon as they come to themselves, they're going to run in. And the first thing that the Lord is going to do, He's going to have to clean them. He's going to have to give them authority. But even more, He said, and bring the fatted calf. That's not a coincidence, it's there. A calf was uh, an animal that was fatted for a sacrifice. To offer as a sacrifice. So what he's saying in the scripture, he's saying, listen, my son is back. My sacrifice pay off. What I have done in the cross is working. What I put, I lay out for them to, be, to bring them in is happening. And it's not only that, but it's a fatty calf, which means fatness is going to be released in the last days in the church because the ones that are coming from outside, they need the power of God to be delivered from whatever was holding them out. So do not be surprised if when lost people start coming in, the anointing of God start increasing because the Bible says that the yoke in that day will be broke by the anointing or the fatness. Very, very quiet, this Catholic church. <laughs> have a bunch of Catholic friends, so I can say that. That's what's happening, guys. Just, just wait for it. Just get ready because they're going to start coming in and you're going to see an increase of the anointing and the presence of God taking place. Why? They need to be delivered. Whatever hold them out, when they come in, it needs to be broken. So God is willing to release his anointing so they can be free. That's what happened with the first son. The church should be a merry. The church should be happy. The church should celebrate when God is moving, especially with the laws. Especially for the laws. Amen. But this is the other part. And this is what I want to make, make sure that you get the picture. Verse 26. No, excuse me, 25. Look at what the Bible says. I'm going to close with this. Now his older son was on the field. And he came and drew near to the house. He heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked, what these things mean? And he said to him, your brother has come. And because he was received him safe and sound, your father had killed the father calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lord, these many years I have I have been serving you and never transgressed your commandment in any time, and that yet you never gave me a young goat that I make marry with my friends. But as soon as his son, this son of yours came who had devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and in all that I have is yours. And it was right that we should make marry and be glad, for your brother was dead, and is alive again, and it was lost, and is found. This is what I believe the Lord is trying to warn the church. 
Because the Spirit is breathing. God is moving. The laws are coming. But this older brother is the typical churchgoer. The one that's always been there. The one that always tithe and give offerings. The one that doesn't miss any service. The one that's there from the beginning until the end. The one that's always helping and willing to help. But there is a risk that when those that seems like they've been lost in their life and the world start coming in, they might get angry. <laughs> there is a risk for those that claim to be so perfect, so anointed, so holy, that they're going to start questioning, how is it possible that God can do that for them? I've been in the church since 1978. The anointing of God is upon me. How is it possible that the anointing of God move around upon them? Hello? You see, if you can say amen, say ouch, but don't leave that there, it's going to bother you. It's, it's the risk as the church start experiencing the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the power of God, the anointing of God, the freshness of God, the blowing of the Spirit, that those that have been here for a long time start suddenly saying, how can it be possible that God can move through those guys? I know they're sinners. I know what they were doing. I know how they live their life. How is it possible God can use them and not me? They're often at church. They're always in prayer. They're always pay time, they always help, they always do this, they always do that, and suddenly we don't want to come in. Suddenly we get mad at the Father. Guys, this, this, I need to tell you this, this is coming, it's happening. God is not going to lose his creation. He is going to use any method possible to get them. The, the point is, can we marry with them when they come? Can we be okay when they start coming to celebrate with the same heart of the Father for those that have been lost and now they're found, for those that were, they were completely away but now they're near? And the only reason that I know this is because of this. Look at what the Bible says. He said, this many years I have served you. And that word is so interesting. Because in the New Testament, there's two words used in the Greek for the word serve. One is the word deaconio, which where we take the word deacon, which means to minister. But the other one is the word doulos, which means slave. And that's the word that he used here. In other words, he's saying, I've been your slave all these years, and you have given me nothing. And I can almost see the Lord saying, boy, what's your problem? I never told you to be my slave. You're my son. What's wrong with you? Who told you to be a slave? 
You're supposed to have the mind that I have. You're supposed to act like I act. You're supposed to reign like I reign. You're supposed to be an imitation of me. You're supposed to walk like I walk. You're supposed to talk like I talk. Who told you you need to be a servant? Who told you you need to be a slave? And that's what's happening today in church. We have many people in church that still have a slave mentality in the house of the king. Come on, somebody. It's time to get a shift of mind because you have been called to be a son. And if you want to be part of what the Lord is doing in these times, it's time for you to shift your mind. You're no longer a slave. You are a son. You were paid on a high price. God has cleaned you with his blood and he's willing to let you live a life like he lives. Say, who told you you're a slave? Come on, guys, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know I'm challenging your mind, I know. But listen, it's okay. Because it's coming. And the worst thing that can happen to us is start being the ones that stay out of the building. Because we can't take it that God is using the prodigals. The ones that just got in. The ones that don't know anything, but they're open wide to receive God. The ones that don't have a clue what the Bible even means, but they're willing to receive God. The ones that God God has been waiting. The Bible says he's been waiting for them. He's been waiting for them. So the greatest challenge for the church in this hour is to shift our mentality from a slave mentality into a sonship mentality so we can celebrate with the Father when the laws start coming in. Hallelujah. I told you I will keep you short. Blessed are those that preach short, they will be invited again. (laughs) (laughs) But this is the challenge, guys. I'm speaking to you as the church where we belong, where we call a home, where we, join, we gladly come and joyfully come because we know what the Lord has said about this place, but also because we see what's coming. And we're going to see that nobody's suddenly getting a revelation of God. And we're going to see that nobody's suddenly getting a miracle from God. And we're going to see that nobody's suddenly being anointed by God. And the question is going to be, can we be sons?